Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. You know, recently I was with a client who was preparing to launch a new product. The content was great. The name, not so much. She knew she had to bring more creativity to naming that process, but she was totally out of juice. Now, how can you be creative and get your message across when the last thing you feel is creative and you're sure that being productive left on that last train out? Now, we all know what it feels like to be on our aim game. And for me, it might mean pumping out articles and creating new content and new programs and new directions. And then suddenly it stops. You hit a wall and maybe you push yourself too hard for too long. For the time being, your well has run dry. And you know you have to refill it, but you don't know where to begin. And we know all too well that the longstanding behaviors like workaholism did not morph overnight. So behavior change requires concerted effort. Hence the conundrum, because concerted effort is the last thing you want to generate if you've gotten to the point of total overwhelm and exhaustion. Burnout is when long-term exhaustion means diminished interest. If you find yourself teetering on the edge of burnout, what can you do? Well, I say first, begin by naming the situation. Acknowledge that this is a tender and difficult place to be, especially as a leader. Burnout is not what anyone aspires to experience, much less model. So allow and accept the accompanying emotions. There may be some tears and carve out at least a little time and space for privacy and rest. And make sure you give yourself permission to simply be whatever that looks like. And then take a break. Even a short break can provide some relief. It could be a walk around the golf course. It could be reading a book. It could be watching a movie. It could be just stepping outside and taking in some fresh air. 
but reach out to your coach, your mentor, or your accountability partner and get support. And then start prioritizing. What absolutely must get done? Why don't you just start writing a list? Which items on the list can be possibly delegated to others? Even if the tasks are a bit of stretch for them, star those items and then delegate and then revisit the items you believe only you can do. What would it take to at least make an effort to move those things off your list or keep the ones that are especially important to you on the list? This is not the time to dive into every little thing that's bothering you. Simply look at the big picture and begin. And don't make yourself feel any guiltier than you already may be feeling. Stop staring into the rearview mirror and look directly in front of you because that's where you have to put your attention. And look at the clock and pledge to yourself that within one hour, you simply will have started working on your list. I didn't say finish, I said start. This is a time to be very clear, but also very kind to yourself. You likely will find that once you begin your list and are able to start crossing off some of your tasks, you're going to start feeling a little better about yourself and your situation. Baby steps can lead to the path of increased productivity and renewed inspiration. But here are some additional suggestions for getting back on a healthy, productive track and staying there. I say the first thing you have to do is go through your list and turn off your notifications on your phone and your computer. These are huge distractions and productivity killers. Is there anything so pressing on social media that you can't wait to hear about it later? If a truly time-sensitive email comes in, then the sender can pick up the phone and call you. When we hear or see a notification, it can be like an itch we suddenly need to scratch, so turn them off. I used to tell my agents that a true emergency involves blood or a bone sticking out. How about applying those here as well? The second is something we always talk about, multitasking. Many studies have shown we are not as productive in any of the activities we attempt to do simultaneously as when we are when we focus on just one task at a time. Now, of course, women can be great multitaskers, but how often does this affect your overall productivity? The goal is to be truly productive, not busy. So no matter what you're trying to accomplish, try to do one thing at a time and see how much more focused you really are. People will appreciate how present you are with them. And then start moving instead of sitting all day. Even a little physical activity can be revitalizing and energizing. Again, go for a walk. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can alternate between standing and sitting in your office if you're on a computer or walk up and down a flight of steps every couple of hours. Then here's a big one. Have you created your personal boundaries? Now remember, you wouldn't miss a meeting with a client, so why not put any extracurricular and self-care activities on your calendar? If someone asks if you can meet them at this certain time, your answer could be, I'm sorry, I'm already booked then, and then promptly propose alternate times. People like to do business with busy people, and they typically will find another time to meet. Here's a big one. Learn to say no and put those things on your don't-do list. And then take a few minutes at the end of your day to get ready for the next day. Look at your calendar and see what you need to prepare. Are there files to review or directions to check? When you put things in order the night before, you pave the way for a smoother, more productive morning. And practice gratitude. When you're grateful, you will feel less stressed. And do your very, very best to remain positive. If you're not seeing the results you're hoping for, consider them growth opportunities. Maintain a learning mindset and focus on the positives. And remember, as Henry Kissinger said, a diamond is a chunk of coal that did really well under pressure. We're going to take a break and thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. And when we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about burnout. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. 
Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense, glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Okay, are you ready? Because I am super ready for my guest, Dr. Tasha holland Carnegie. She's passionate about helping others reach their maximum potential. She's an author, a motivational speaker, and an entrepreneur. And she created Margaret's Box as a way to honor her grandmother while also inspiring others to achieve their dreams. Dr. Tasha enjoys studying people and understanding their perceptions towards life and their surrounding culture, which in turn cultivates her love of bringing problems to solutions and solutions to problems. It's always been a love affair of hers to help and work with people. Welcome to the show, Tasha. I am so excited to have you here. Oh, man. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for having me. I'm just as excited. Awesome. So let's start the discussion of the day with a topic that I know you love, burnout. What does that mean to you? Burnout. Well, I actually started experiencing burnout because I'm a mother. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And I just started to experience it. And I'll tell you why. And here's the point. I have a four-year-old and a 22-year-old. And I also manage a group therapy practice with 13 therapists under me. And I was also renovating a farmhouse. I started to experience burnout. I didn't want to admit it. I knew what the signs and symptoms were, but I just felt like I needed to continue to push and go on. And because I made that decision, things just didn't pan out. Like it was pretty much, Judy, it was a mess. The farmhouse remodel started to crumble. I didn't spend as much time with my four-year-old as I should have. My 22-year-old was really out on his own, doing his own thing. That's when I sat down and I said, okay, you know what, Tasha, you need to get this together because you're pushing forward, but you're still not really, you're not getting anything done. You're making a mess. So that's when I decided to sit down and just reevaluate some of the things that I was going through personally, on a personal level, and also on a professional level. And I um, came up with this platform, Wellness in Real Life. Okay. So we always hear about that. You're going to get burnout if you work too hard, or you work too much, or you do this or do that. And it's already given you like a reason not to work hard or not work too much. Why is that? Why? I mean, I understand burnout is not a positive thing, but not everybody experiences it in the same way. And yet we're told like, just be careful. If you work too many hours, you're going to burn out too quickly. Why are we told that right up front? It's almost like, signing your premarital agreement before you get married that you're going to give back 
when you break up and you haven't even got married yet? I think it's a pre-show because a lot of us have experienced burnout and continue to move forward. So we, a lot of us probably know what it feels like, but you, we refuse to address it. Um, and a lot of it has to do with balance, balancing life and knowing when to stop and knowing when enough is enough, knowing when the clock strikes five o'clock, it's time to end it. You know, you can't get everything done in a day. So I think that's why we hear that in this society, because it's kind of like a workaholic type society. We just, we like to get it done, but we just have to always remember that tomorrow is another day and you just can't get it all done in one day. Exactly. Exactly. How does burnout show up? Is it always a physical manifestation or is it emotional or is it a combo? Like, what does it look like? It shows up in a variety of different ways with different individuals. It could be physical. It could be emotional. Compassionate fatigue is a huge one that a lot of mental health or just people in general, professionals experience. And I talk about compassion fatigue a lot because I'm a mental health therapist. So people, they lean on me when they feel burnt out or when they're dealing with issues. So if you're sitting in that therapy or that treatment room and you have no compassion for what your client is talking about and or you're just not present mentally, this is a key symptom of burnout. It's called compassion fatigue. It's just like, okay, yeah, you're on the other side of me. You're telling me this and that, and I'm just not here. So it shows mm. up in a variety of different ways. So how important is resiliency with relationship to burnout? Uh, well, to me, and I'll, and I'll just speak on a personal, and I, think I, I, and I think I'm getting kind of emotional here because when you think of burnout, a lot of us, with me, I come from a depressed economic background, and that's how I look at it. And I think I've been dealing with burnout ever since I was a little girl because my family deemed me to be the first college graduate and she's going to solve our family issues financially. I didn't even realize it, but I started to experience burnout when I was younger because I was like, okay, I got to go to college. And then when I'm out of college, my family's looking for financial support. So as far as the resilient piece, I think it's something that we, we have to stay on top of because like I say, it manifests in so many different ways and pieces of our lives. Okay. So when you were talking about yourself going through burnout, there's a lot of time that we think about that we have to practice self-care. It's important. And yet many of us feel that it's being extremely selfish. So how do you practice self-care and burnout and work it together to prevent the burnout? And did you practice some self-care yourself? My favorite quote is, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So I use that a lot when I feel like I want to continue to push on because I want to help this person. I want to help that person. But I have to all constantly remind myself that I can't help them if I'm not helping myself. So that's a constant reminder. And self-care doesn't have, it, you don't have to, it's, it doesn't always have to be elaborate. For me, self-care is sometimes putting on my earbuds, taking a 15 minute break and listening to some Beyonce just to kind of <laughs> dance around the house, right? Uh, yeah. And, that, and it makes me feel good. So wellness and self-care, once again, that actually can come in so many different formats. It doesn't mean you have to check out and 
go get a massage or do this or do that. Sometimes just a 15 minute break of just doing something that you enjoy. And I'm learning to do that more and more every day. Well, it's funny that you said the word wellness, because obviously that's a big word for you. But what I have been hearing over the last few years is that people want to practice wellness, not necessarily physical fitness and, you know, building muscle or whatever. They want to practice wellness. So how do you describe wellness? And once again, that's such a broad I know. word, right? I'm vegan. So a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh, wow, wellness, you're all about wellness. You're a vegan, you know, you're doing this burnout thing and this and that. You're a therapist. You're just all wellness. But once again, wellness is whatever wellness means to you. It may be going to the gym. That might be wellness or it may just be your diet. So it is actually just sitting down and defining it yourself. What, what does wellness mean to you? Okay. So what does wellness mean for you? For me, wellness is just balance. That's just the key word. I was able to balance things and doing that, I kind of climbed out of burnout. Just learning how to balance, knowing that I just couldn't do everything every day and I just couldn't save the world because of that. I like that. I like to help people. That's a big piece of who I am. Someone has an issue or a problem. I feel like I could just always put my therapy hat on at 2 a.m. in the morning or even if my postal delivery guy seems kind of down, you know, I feel like let me help him. But I learning that I can't help everyone. Um, there's a time and place for everything. So balance is a great definition for wellness for me. Okay, so talk to us about your wellness in real life, because that is huge <laughs> and exciting. So tell us about that. Well, I knew when I was dealing with my issue of burnout, I wasn't the only one that was dealing with it. So I started to speak with some of my peer groups. I have a friend, he's a physician assistant, and sometimes we would have coffee. And we started talking about this topic and he had just gotten married. He's in his fifties, just a whole bunch of different things. He had inherited a new stepson and all this stuff at 50 and also dealing with a heavy caseload at work. And he was just like, I don't know what I'm dealing with, but I'm just not feeling like my whole self. So as we continue to talk, I said, you know, you're not alone because I have same type symptoms. And I said, and I think we're both experiencing burnout. And I continued to talk with some other of my peers that are in the medical profession and a lot of and my brother, he's a chiropractor, single dad, and he also expressed what burnout felt to him. And it was mostly overwork. You know, he was working like 13 hours a day. He's only 31, 32, single dad as well. And he was burnt out. So I said, okay, there's an issue. So I started pulling up stats and just looking at the top five groups that experience burnout. And I realized, even including myself, in order to get help, you have to get online, you have to research. How do you get help with burnout? There's a coach here. What product works? So wellness in real life is pretty much a platform. It's a resource. If you are burnt out, you can actually log into this resource for free if you're a healthcare professional. And what we've done is we've created kind of three baskets, a daily burnout basket. And in this basket, you may have businesses that offer like vitamins and gym memberships, things like that. And then we have an ultimate burnout basket we are developing now. And that's when you are pretty much like, okay, I've hit rock bottom. A vitamin isn't going to work. And within this basket, we will create programs where they may be 
burnout coaches just it's like a maximum burnout basket. And then we have a really cute basket, just like different discounting deals that you can go in and grab. But I wanted to pretty much curate and put all of this stuff in one platform, because if you're burnt out, you're not going to want to do research on where to get help and where to find help. So wellness in real life has pretty much done all of that for healthcare professionals that are burnt out, especially during a time like this. Mm. You know, a lot of us are burnt out from all different avenues. So they're able to log in and click on the basket that's uh, applicable to them and find some resources to help. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So one of the things that I was surprised and excited about is that most leaders in healthcare don't necessarily have experience in the business world. And you have a great balance in both. How did that happen? Because I know lots of healthcare people that have no clue about business whatsoever. Yeah. My father, he was an entrepreneur by heart. And I think I may have picked that up genetically (laughs) because that is like my first love. Love creating products. I love solving issues. And I always, that entrepreneur hat, it's like, it's on every day. Every morning when I wake up, I'm like, oh, we can have a business doing that. It could just be something simple. Like we could bake cookies. And I'm like, hey, maybe we can have a cookie business. But it's just, I think it's in my blood, Judy. Well, that's interesting. I think it's great. Okay, so you're on a new adventure yourself for you and your family. And moving to a farm when you're not from a farm is a big move to begin with. But then when you take everything else that you're doing and, and, and just taking this new adventure and going that way, did that have anything to do, I know it caused burnout, but did it have anything to do with burnout or balance or anything that you made this big decision to do this? I think it did. And it was in a very early part of pieces of when I was experiencing burnout and we were looking just to move to a secluded area. I thought that that would be the solution. Like, yeah, I just need peace and quiet. So since we're moving, let's not like move to a crowded area. That's not going to help. So moving to the farm is 22 acres. I mean, and I'm still discovering things every day. Like Saturday, actually, I've discovered that we had a grapevines and we've been there for two years and I never even knew that. We have a pear tree. This is my first year toying with canning. So it was a solution that I I thought that would help with burnout in the beginning. Like you said, Judy, it didn't help because we had to remodel and it was just too much going on. But now I am able to experience alone time. You know, it's just like I don't hear any horns honking and it just feels good just to take in nature, take that break. That is done a great service for me, just being there. I'm about 45 minutes outside of Raleigh, which is a major city here in North Carolina, and the traffic here in this town is so slow. The internet's slow. So (laughs) everything's slow. (laughs) Yeah. At first, I didn't appreciate that, but it now I love that the internet's slow because I'm not always on it. You know, Mm -hmm. that that also pushes burnout. Just always, you know, you get fatigued with googling this and googling that and grabbing your phone. Everything is slow. I love it. And whenever I'm able to step outside of that, I'm rejuvenated and I'm ready. Awesome. 
Okay, so I want to know about your grandmother, and I want to know, you know, the impact that she had on you, and what you, in turn, did for her legacy. Yeah, so my grandmother, I mean, gosh, she was remarkable. She taught me how to bake, she taught me how to sew, she taught me how to cook, everything. You know, I spent a lot of time with her. Back, even when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a businesswoman, and she would let me dress up in dresses, and business attire and we play store in a house and all those things. So I created a product called Margaret Box. And it's pretty much, it's so cute. It's everything that's in the box, everything that you would need to create. Just like whenever you feel stuck, Margaret mm-hmm. Box kind of walks you through that process. I created it because I love her and she always gave positive messages even when I was a little girl and I was you know nervous about like I said at that time I didn't even know I was experiencing burnout like what if I don't get into college and you know my mom's depending on this education and my sister's depending on this education and she would just always deliver just calm messages and she said Tasha you only have two hands you only can do what you can do And if it doesn't pan out and you don't go to college, it's not going to be the end of the world. And they need to go make their own money. That's what she (laughs) (laughs) said. Yeah, that that product worked very well because a lot of people connected with Margaret Box because they were able to grab the box and it kind of steps you through step by step. Like when you feel stuck, these are some things that you can do every day to get unstuck. And then you create pretty much a vision board. So it's mm-hmm. my version of a vision board. So is it more for young women? Is it for older women? Is it for anybody in particular? Or is it for everybody? Because we all get stuck. Yeah, it's for every, everyone. My husband, he's enjoyed using Margaret Box building his vision board. My mom, being that it was her mother, She's like, wow, this is a wonderful product because now I'm aging. And, you know, she was kind of sad about that. But she was just like, gosh, after I finish Margaret Box, I actually have a vision. Like, I'm going to travel and I'm going to do these things. And I didn't even think about any of that. All I focused on was getting older. But the box actually took me step by step on a daily basis of how to kind of curate my vision. So, but to answer your question, it's for everyone. And it's, it's just, I think it's a beautiful activity. The activities are beautiful because, like I said, it, it, you could just feel my grandmother. And that's, mm. that's why I named it Margaret Box. So I want to know, was your farm in your Margaret Box? Was it on your vision board? It was. Was it? Yeah. The reason why is because, like I said, I grew up in a very depressed neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was a housing development that, this is crazy, Judy. It was 22 acres. We all lived in this housing community. I think it was maybe about 480 people. I don't know how many families, but I read an article. It was about 480 people on 22 acres. It was high crime infested. I knew I wanted to get out. I just knew that there was better life. This just couldn't be it, just living in this environment. So the farm actually ended up being 22 acres. Wow. The same land, wow. yeah, acreage that I lived on growing up, but it was on my vision board to move to, you know, be able to, to, you know, give my kids a better opportunity, a better vision for themselves. And it was, it is, I think it's always been on my vision board, even as a little girl, just to get out. 
That's incredible. That's incredible. So tell us what, what would be some of the best advice that you can share with women in leadership positions, knowing the burnout, knowing the lack of self-care, knowing there is something better. What would you say to them? What I would say to them, and it's usually just tips, small tips that I give. For example, whenever you start to feel burnout, I usually just give myself a hug because, I mean, you have to think about yourself first because, once again, you can't pour from an empty cup. So just to kind of focus on you as women, we have so all of these baskets and all of these people we have to take care of, all of these things that we have to do, and we tend to just forget about ourselves. So, you know, we're always giving hugs to everyone else, hugging our husband, hugging our kids, hugging our friends, but we forget to hug ourselves. So I do that a lot. I hug myself a lot. And I just always remind myself, Tasha, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Yeah, it's like what the airlines reminds us, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first. Yep, you have to. And you have to give yourself a hug because we're busy hugging everyone else, but not ourselves. Interesting. Interesting. I think that's great advice. So how can our listeners connect with you and find more out more about all the things you do for healthcare providers and the things that you do for women and, and Margaret's Box and all these great things and wellness in real life? Well, you can find me on Instagram. Like out of all the social media platforms, I'm an Instagram girl now. You know, I used to do a lot of Facebook. I'm on all of the platforms, but I'm very active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is wellness. This is a long one. Wellness. So you have to spell it out wellness in real life. You have to spell the whole thing out with the underscore. Mm -hmm. Wellness in real life. So there's two L's after wellness in real life underscore. And I'm always hanging out there, engaging with my audience. Awesome. Well, Tasha, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic today. Lots of great information. I'm excited to stay connected with you. I can't wait to hear about your farm adventures. And hopefully we can do some other things together. Thank you so much, Judy, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And I want to leave everyone with this quote from Michael Gunger, who says, burnout is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now, make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.